Listen to this. It says, The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, too, heaven is open and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given to you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. Yeah, it is. And what a reminder it is to us of the power of God's Word. You guys remember that show named That Tune? Oh, yes, I loved it. Okay, we're going to play it real quick. Let's see if you can get it. Do they, they do it in bars? Like they give you a certain amount of bars? And then you well, yeah, I wouldn't go to a bar because I'm a Christian. <laughs> I go to bars you to tell share the gospel. You do? Ah, ooh. Yeah, I, I have. How do you answer that, right? I have. Okay. I have a so bar. So you actually lie. Yeah, I have to lie. All right, here it goes. Name this. Name that tune. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Silent <laughs> night. No, no, no. Hold on. Da, da. The theme to... Jaws. Lebanese Jaws. That was the best, Oscar. Okay, I'll give you a couple more bars. Da, 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 da. Oh, you guys are hopeless. Jaws. Or? This is Jaws. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Oh, Jaws. And a light unto my feet. Sorry, I don't listen to rap music. (laughs) That was reggae. Yeah. Hey, did you know, change the subject slightly, that a lady in... uh, You want to carry on with that? Is more coming? Do you guys remember who was famous for singing that song? Chuck Smith? Not you. (laughs) Amy Grant. Oh, really? So, a lady in British Columbia had a meteorite fall between her pillows uh, last week. Seriously. And (laughs) she's 66 year old, and it frightened the living daylights out of her. A dog barked like crazy, and the thing's worth... uh, Fifty thousand to one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars. Stop! Really? Wait, yeah. wait, wait. This happened while she's just sleeping. She's sleeping, yeah. And she's never been so scared in her life. It came through a roof. I mean, she must. Lord, please supply my needs. I need fifty grand. Yeah. I wonder Isn't how that? often somebody dies from being struck by a meteor. We wouldn't know. <laughs> it's got to be. I'd say next to never. Yeah. Why are they that expensive, though? I don't know meteors. Well, a museum would probably pay for that. Anyway, because it's been publicized, I mean, I wouldn't mind that thing now. 50 grand. But I wouldn't pay 50 grand. Like, $50, I wouldn't mind it. (laughs) Offer it to her, Ray. I'm going to go get you a rock and tell you it's the meteor, Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Put it in my office. For 200 bucks, you can have it. Well, guys, uh, as you can tell by the beautiful song I sang at the beginning, we are Uh, Sorry, I just got a button because I was thinking of something when you were singing. I was thinking of that song in the movie Three Amigos. Do you remember that song? Steve, what were you Yes. Steve Martin? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. It just, yeah. when I was listening to you sing, I was thinking of that. I love that song. Don't you remember how it goes? We are the Three Amigos. That's yeah. all I remember from that whole movie. Oh, right. It's a great movie. It's clean. Isn't it clean? 
Probably not. There you go, friends. Probably RIT. Plug your children's ears. Yeah. So thank you, Ray. That was a compliment. I was waiting for you to insult me about my singing. No, no. I think I'd love to hear you sing on a hill far away. (laughs) Yeah. You know what we're thinking, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, we're talking about God's Word today, and I know we're all excited about the subject. By the way, friends, speaking about God's Word, we're going to tell you more about this at the end, but remember, check out the Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. It will help you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, packed full of a lot of stuff. Ray, how long did it take you to compile that? Do you remember? Oh, probably about 15 years, I guess. Oh, because it's... Uh, it's the pregnant... My yes. original Bible was pregnant with biblical truth, especially evangelistic stuff. I used to save it when I opened and preached. Anything interesting or any springboard, I'd put in the front of my Bible and just remember it. So, friends, it's an accumulation of Ray Comfort's gathered tidbits of wisdom. Is that a good way to put it? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid, Ace. Anyway, the Evidence Bible full of a lot of stuff, and Lynn, uh, Lynn Copeland, your editor, mm-hmm. she really deserves an award for that. Yes. Because editing that thing was a, a bear. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so God's Word. Mark, did you grow up knowing anything about the Bible? Did you guys ever read the Bible? Did you have a Bible? No. Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't have a Bible. I remember my grandma reading uh, the Living Bible, which I have but no, we went to church maybe Christmas and Easter growing up as a Catholic. I remember attempting to read the Bible from time to time, but I didn't understand it. When I was in high school, I had a Gideon New Testament that I kept in my back pocket as a good luck charm. Do you know you stole it from I don't think he knew <laughs> that I stole it. Gideon's report 40,000 Bibles stolen each year. Which from is hotels? One, yeah, from oh, hotels. Wow. Isn't, that, isn't that a good problem? Yeah, right? it's terrific. <laughs> I was in Gideon's until I got kicked out. I was there seven years in the Gideon's International. Why they kick you out, right? Because I became a pastor. And you're not, it's a layman's organization. Ooh, yeah, I like that. But what a wonderful organization. We used to go to schools and give out hundreds or thousands of New Testaments. When I was in high school, I remember being given one and read the whole of the book of Psalms. And I had friends that carved out the inside and put marijuana on in it, which is very sad. Oh, You know what I love about the Gideon's? And I'm going to kick us off with this, but they put this... I believe in some of their Bibles, or maybe all their Bibles, but I know it's from the Gideons. And listen to this. It says, The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Here, too, heaven is open and the gates of hell disclosed. Christ is its grand subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, and a river of pleasure. It is given to you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. Yeah, it is. And what a reminder it is to us of the power of God's Word. I wonder sometimes, you know, would I have less of an appreciation for God's Word if I grew up in the church as a child, hearing it all my life, as opposed to being almost 16 and then discovering it really for the first time? What do you think, right? Or is it that whole 
black and white color thing. You uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think you, when you are saved, you instantly, the word I'm thinking of is God's word gets quickened to you. There's something special about it, a sense of excitement. It's like the honeymoon never ends yeah. because you just love God's word. Oh, how I love your word. I rejoice as so one that finds great spoil or treasure, says David. So the moment I got saved, I just started reading the Bible. I couldn't help it mm. because I loved it. I'm like you, and it sounds like you too, Mark, where I don't think we ever had a Bible in my house. We didn't go to church on Easter and Christmas, like the big three, Mother's Day, Easter, and Christmas. We didn't even go to church then. The first time I got a Bible, it was shortly after becoming a Christian. I had a ton of questions. I was asking every pastor that would be willing to sit down with me, and one of them was like, do you have a Bible? And I said, no, and he's like, you need to go get one. So I went to, I think it was Borders, Mm. And I remember walking into the Bible section and there was just like this rows and rows and columns of columns of options. So and how I did had, you pick one? I had, this is a great question. That is a great question. I had no idea what to get. I had no idea like anything. And so I started looking out and I just went to grab the first one and I look at it and the price was like $80. Uh, no. And I was like, eh, this is a little pricey. I put it back and I left. I didn't even buy a Bible. Uh, I went back to meet with this pastor and he asked me and I told him I didn't get one and so he went out and handed me one. That was my very first Bible. $80 is a lot of money to spend on a Bible. Nonetheless, had I had a love and appreciation and an understanding for the importance of the Word of God in that moment, Hmm. it would have been priceless to me. Wow. But because I did not quite realize the importance of God's Word in that moment, $80 was too much. So you were unconverted or were you a new person? I was converted. I was a new believer and just in a process of refinement because I came from my atheistic worldview and had filled my mind full of all these other ideas, reading all these other books, that it was it was that molding process. And in the midst of that, you know, sanctifying moment, I didn't quite realize how... So it was a leather-bound was. Thompson chain reference was, Bible. I think it was the Evidence Bible Ooh. by Reno. <laughs> you know, isn't it interesting how our value system does change, though, in that regard? People who would drop 80 bucks on a, a nice dinner wouldn't even think twice, but the thought of paying for a Bible, using that much money for a Bible is like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, like, like the famous saying goes, you know, value impacts behavior. And when we value Christ and we understand that the Word is really His communication to us in terms of all we need to know about life and, you know, the, the things He's divinely wanted us to know in that regard, it, it just changes everything. Absolutely. Guys, this, and you may have heard me use it, but I'll use it again. When you... Um, Get a new appliance. Do you read the instructions or do you just try and put it together? Oh, I hate instructions. I hate instructions. Really? I would think that you would read like cover to cover, copyright laws. Now, he'd be looking for typos or something. I can't stand. They just drive me crazy. So you don't shop at Ikea. You like instructions. I I read all instructions. I hate it. I hate putting things together. I'm just not. Well, what I do is I I, I have a look at the instructions. The type's too small and it's complicated. So I try and put it together. And when something goes wrong... I then go to the instruction book, which is what humanity does with God's Word. Mm, yeah, the whole world's so in an true. absolute mess, and we're saying, well, isn't, doesn't life come with an instruction book? Well, it does. It's God's Word. Yeah, and when we think about what Scripture tells us about itself in terms of the value that it brings, obviously, 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. By the way, friends, for those of you listening and you think, how do I memorize verses like this? Sometimes you can tie it in with something, you know, John 3, 16, right? So just saying 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And, you know, maybe you two are right. You know, instructions are important and maybe reading it would save us a whole lot of heartache. But don't you think that there are a lot of Christians who have found themselves shipwrecked in different areas of life because they don't intake the truth in God's instruction. Well, with marriage and with child rearing, with work ethic, every area you want to look at in life, you've got instructions in the Bible on how to do it. I think so many of us take for granted what we have sitting next to our bedstand. I mean, if you think about it, the scriptures say that... (laughs) On the bedstand? She's sitting next to it. Next to it. On the bedstand, I apologize. The scriptures tell us that it is God's spoken word. I mean, if you think about the power of God's word, the scriptures tell us that he spoke in like a rushing river. Everything that has ever been created has come into being by his mere spoken word. That is the power of our creator. And that same power, those same words is in our Bibles. And we just pass by them every day without thinking twice about looking at it and reading it. I just empathize with you because you were saying such truth, such incredible depth of truth, it's very hard to express how you feel. You're just about bursting with with what you're saying, but it's true. It's just absolutely awesome that he spoke the sun into existence. And you go up a close-up, and there's NASA pictures of the sun, flames leaping up 50,000 miles at a time. God spoke every atom of that sun. Mm You know, Michael Horton, he said, God's word does not merely impart information. It actually creates life. It's not only descriptive, it's effective as well. God speaking is God acting, right? So if we want to know what is on the heart and the mind of God, all we need to do is open up God's word. Oftentimes people say, well, if God speaks to me, I will go to the ends of the earth. If God speaks to me, I'll go to the neighbor. I'll go to the university. If God tells me to do these things, I will go. Good news. And I like what... Justin Peter said concerning this, you don't need a voice when you have a verse. Mm. We have a verse to go. So what you should be praying is, I'm willing to stay should God call me to stay. In the meantime, I'm going to go. But listen, he's not going to contradict himself and he's not going to tell you to stay because he's already told you to go. So what God says inside of his word is the final answer to all things that we need to know. Yeah. You know, Ray, you've been reading the Bible longer than, than all of us here. And we all know your famous sayings, read your Bible every day. Or what do you say? I read the Bible every day without fail. For no Bible, no breakfast, no Forty nine days. No but you've been reading the Bible every day for how long, Ray? Oh, nearly 50 years. Coming up April the 25th next year, it'll be 50 years. Yeah. So you, you can relate to what Spurgeon said here. He said, nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Wow. Speak to that, Ray. Hey listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100 
That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. Yeah, the promise of Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who meditates on the law of God both day and night. And he should be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in the season, its leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And so if you want to prosper, not in the name it, claim it, Mercedes-type message, but if you want to prosper in your marriage, in your every area of your life, especially in evangelistic endeavors, Meditate on God's Word. He's got a promise that you'll be like a tree that's planted by rivers of water. You'll bring forth fruit and season, whatever you do. Prosper. So make sure you read the Bible every day. We forget that we're soldiers. And any soldier who leaves his rations behind and goes into battle is going to become weak in battle. Mm. I mean, they give soldiers good food because an army marches on its stomach. And so God's given us, as soldiers of Christ, the food of His Word. And when you meditate on His Word, and that doesn't mean you eat like a dog eats. You guys got dogs? Have you seen how they eat? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just crazy. I've got this. <laughs> thanks, Mark. We've got this tin food that tastes, smells really good. I think this is dog food, and yet it's got a nice smell. It's, it's great consistency, and I get it out. It's expensive reasonably, put on a plate, <laughs> and it's gone. I said, t- t- taste it. Wait a minute. I think taste you have a pig, not a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. <laughs> but that's the noise he makes and the speed. He can he downs his food, what, 15, 20 seconds. And I think, where's your taste buds in your tail? <laughs> brilliant. You know? You know. And, and so, hang on. I haven't made my point yet, easy. I don't want to leave, like, just hungry dogs. Don't gouge us. Don't, you know, gorge yourself on God's Word. Just meditate on it. Mm, Chew it over. That's good. Absorb it into your system. Maybe the words of Jesus, maybe a psalm. Chew it over. Absorb it into your into your spirit and let it become your energy for the day yeah. because that's what the nutrients of God's Word does. You know what annoys me about my dog is she never, after she finishes eating, she never washes her fork and knife. <laughs> Your dog would eat with a fork and knife. If anybody's dog eats with a fork and knife, it's Easy's dog. Willow's the best. Well, the idea, right, that you're painting, the picture that you're painting right here is more of like a cow than a dog, right? A cow has four stomachs. Yes. And will chew the food, bring it back up, chew it again, bring it back down, chew it, bring it back up. So it's a continual chewing on it all day long. And that's what it really means to meditate, to ponder through the Word of God, that if you find yourselves meditating through God's Word all day and all night, when trials and tribulation and persecution and temptation and sufferings come your way, you're already focused upon Him, and nothing really matters, right? Have you ever been so, I guess, filled with God's Word, and you're focused on God's Word, and you're realizing this is not my home, and then you get bad news? Mm. That it's not really bad news, because you put it in perspective of eternity, And that bad news is really just a stepping stone to get me to where I need to be. And it's okay. It is well with my soul. And though he slay me, yet I'm going to trust him. And that happens when you're meditating through God's word. It's really that simple. I like what A.W. Tozer said. An honest man with an open Bible and a pen and pencil is sure to find out what is wrong with him very quickly. I think you uttered great truth about the cow and chewing it over because the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word. And uh, so I think... Well, there's actually an animal with 800 stomachs. 
Did you know that? I'm sitting right here. And it's, yeah, have you, seen, have you seen Easy Eat Tacos? <laughs> you don't have to lie to me. It's called an Etruscan Shrew. An Etruscan Shrew. It has 800 stomachs. A shrew? Etruscan no, Shrew. We just can't let this go. Are you exaggerating? No. No, it's right here. Yeah, it's from the phylum Chordata, oh from the it's class. It's from the Chronicles of Mammal Narnia. Order Eulipotiphala in the family Sauricidae. Oh, so it's on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Are you Clearly. reading the Sun, Mark? Is that that, that tabloid called the Sun? <laughs> <laughs> um, National <laughs> National Enquirer. Uh, uh, you know what? Wife's varicose veins well, you know format leading to hidden treasure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the tabloid headline. Yeah. Wife's varicose veins format leading to Wait, was treasure. that an attract? No. Oh. Yeah, it was an attract. Yeah, I think so. I think it was. Oh, because we used to have the Inquirer type attract. Yes, Natural Inquiry. Yeah. So I wouldn't get a lawsuit. By the way, friends, before I forget, this is a perfect place to insert this. Let us know if Mark is lying or telling the truth. <laughs> we, we have an email address set up. Podcast at livingwaters.com. Podcast at livingwaters.com. Dot com. That's easy to remember. You know the name of our ministry. This Sorry, is a podcast. Podcast at livingwaters.com. Tell us if Mark is being forthright and uh, tell us anything else. We want to hear if you like the podcast, you're enjoying it, it's annoying. We'd also love to hear if there's any subjects you want us to cover. Absolutely, yeah. Topics you want us to cover. And who's reading those emails? Give us feedback. The you thing are, is you if, are, Mark. If this is an annoying podcast, don't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> Make yourself happy. Turn it off. <laughs> yes. Okay, let me just jump in and say, I love that you guys put a special emphasis on meditating and knowing God's word. Because even within Christian communities, I think that there's a massive issue with biblical illiteracy. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that so many of us will treat our Bibles as a laundry list of spiritualized bumper stickers that will go and do a pull quote from it to make us feel better or get through the day. And while the scriptures do provide inspirational and uplifting moments, at the end of the day, to spend time in God's word is to spend time with God. Mm. And first and foremost, when we spend time in God's word, what we are doing is we are better knowing our creator and more clearly seeing his plan for redemptive history. So the Bible is not first this book that is meant to make us feel better and give us these bumper sticker spirituality quotes, though it does that at times, it is first and foremost an opportunity with us to spend time with our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Boy, that's yeah. a great point. I've lost count of how many people I've said, do you read God's Word daily? They say, well, I get a verse sent to me on my phone. And it's usually probably about being a winner or something like that. Right. <laughs> well, Ray, you, I've learned something from you actually that has been so beneficial. And that is when somebody comes to you for counsel, one of the first questions that you ask is that very thing. Do you read the Word of God every day without fail? And the typical response is pretty much, you didn't hear the question. Yeah. Do you read the Bible every single day without fail? No. All right. We're done talking because I know the problem. Mm. The problem is you're not meditating on God's Word. You don't know the marching orders. You're not understanding what God, God's plan is for your life or God's purpose for just mankind, why God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. You don't understand any of these things. So, of course, you're going to be going through all of these trials. Go back, meditate through God's Word all day, all night. Come back to me in two weeks. We'll see how your problems are. Well, you know, that's so appropriate because there is a massive disconnect between the nature of the Word and how we approach 
the word yeah. in terms of what we're doing with it. Think about what it says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I mean, that's the nature of God's word. It's living, it's active. It's God's revelation to mankind. And more people have probably read the Lord of the Rings trilogy more times than they've read the Bible. In fact, well, I, I, hold on a minute. Well, Oscar, <laughs> for sure. But I'm saying this, look, and friends, those of you listening, this podcast is never meant to condemn. We're here to inspire, to encourage you. And yet we believe that the truth we're sharing should also convict you. So we hope this will stir you to action. If this is truly the living word of God, how passionate should we be about intaking it? Amen. Reading it, meditating on it, studying it, and most importantly, living it out. I mean, I think it's sad for someone to be a Christian for decades and to have never read the entire Word of God and to neglect it and you know, not read it here, not read it there. Anyone can struggle, ha- have dry seasons. Don't be condemned. Just repent, pick up where you left off, and make it the passion of your life. Well, and let me say this too, because I love what you just said, Easy, to try to encourage. There are many out there who might be like, man, I, I try, but whenever I pick up the Word, and I try to read through it, it just feels dry and barren. Maybe you tried through Genesis and it was really exciting. And by the time you got to numbers, you're just not really sure why you're reading what you're reading. Or maybe at the beginning of the gospels, you're reading the chronologies and chronology, chrona, am I saying that word? Yeah, the chronology. Chronologies. We'll, we'll, we'll beep it out. Chron <laughs> with, ology. Chron, yeah, chron live with. Uh, ologies and you're feeling like it's just dry and barren land. The best way that I can describe it to you is that as you, you have to develop taste buds for God's word yeah. because the, it, the scriptures tell us that his word is like sweet honey to our lips. But the problem is that if you haven't developed a taste for it yet, then you don't know how to look for the right good kind of flavors. And so I, a good friend of mine, theologian, Professor Thaddeus Williams makes this joke, like we are like these giant tongues walking around the world, which sounds weird and gross, but it works. And he says, as we're walking into this world full of muck and mire and sin, we are acquiring a taste for sin. Mm. And when we go to God's word, it's so transcendent, so unique, so different that we need to reorient our taste buds entirely. And so it's not much different from like, you guys know I love coffee. When I sit down and drink a cup of black coffee, my experience with that coffee is very different than most other people's experience. I can drink a cup of coffee and I can taste strawberry and melon and <laughs> chocolate. What? <laughs> it's idolatry. Yeah. I can taste things that are there. And maybe you guys can think of, you know, whether it's a food, somebody who loves a great steak, whatever it might be, somebody with an acquired taste for a particular thing, a whole new world opens up to that person that's not available to the regular passerby. I can identify with that with cereal. Yeah. There tabbouli. you go. So that is tabbouli. similar to Bully. Oh, tabbouli. That is similar with God's word is that the more we spend time with it, the more our taste buds are uh, changed and we acquire a desire and we, f- we discover that it truly is honey to our lips. And just one more thing on that, my encouragement to those who are reading Numbers is to not forget that every part of God's word is ultimately about and pointing to Jesus. And it was J.R. Packer who said that the traveler through the Bible landscape misses his way as soon as he loses sight of the hill called Calvary. Wow. 
that should be our focal point when we're reading God's Word. Okay. Like you said about acquiring a desire, I think of that Bible verse, desire the sincere milk of the Word. That to me just says, discipline yourself. Mm-hmm. Desire it, yeah. because it's going to do you good. My train of thought's gone. Uh, Mark. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten yeah. Son. Believes and I'm sure not perish. Mark, do you remember yeah. when that shift happened for you as a new believer, when you really started to sense like, wow, this is powerful. This is God's Well, I word. remember some friends wanting to go and hang out and do something, and I thought to myself, I, I just want to stay home and read the Bible. Right? I'm just like, <laughs> wait, wait, what? I mean, consider that. Think about that. You know, if a celebrity sends you a tweet, you know, people will do a screenshot of that, and then they will tell everybody in the world, hey, right. so-and-so sent me this tweet, or so-and-so commented on my post. How silly is that? in light of the Word of God. God has, to one degree, sent out a tweet of 66 books written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents with one central main theme. How does man avoid hell, come into a relationship with his maker, and go to heaven? You can read all about it. You can read all about it all day long. Martin Luther said, I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's Word. Otherwise, I didn't do anything. I did nothing. The Word of God did it all. Wow. So more and more, the, the best sermon will be a sermon that is just packed yeah. with Scripture. The best counsel you're going to give someone is just packed with Scripture. If we can just have our conversations be filled with Scripture, then we're going to leave that conversation filled with the Spirit of God, because that's what it truly means to be filled with the Spirit of God, is to be filled with the Word of God. Yeah, amen. You know, I want to hit on one important point regarding the Word, but before that, those of you listening, there are so many amazing resources out there that can help you to gain a better grasp on the Word. I mean, first of all, reading it, maybe listening to it. One of the things I've done for years, I've mentioned before, is I've listened to an audio version of Scripture called the Word of Promise, and it's dramatized. It's got, you know, different voice actors really famous ones with great voices, sound effects. Do you listen to normal speed or double speed? I listen to it at double speed because it's super slow. They do it intentionally slow. So at double speed to me, it sounds normal. But I'm on my 30th time in the last few years, and I love it. I, you know, we have these ear pods, we listen to stupid things oftentimes, but you're walking through Costco, you're waiting to cut your hair, you're sitting in the doctor's office waiting, you're brushing your teeth, you're going for a jog at the gym, have the earpieces in and just listen to God's Word. Let it wash you regularly. Yeah, your mind will stray here and there sometimes, but if you're continually washing, different parts will hit you yeah. at different times. And then, you know, it doesn't take long to read through the whole New Testament. I used to do something called Manna Munch Cafe years ago, where I would actually read through the whole New Testament once a week. And it was about two hours, 15 minutes a day. And, you know, within the course of a week, it would take that. I've done it actually, I went away for a personal retreat once. I read through the whole New Testament three times in a row, three days in a row. So once every day for three days, and it took me 15 to 16 hours. So I'm just saying it's not that long when you think about breaking it up. I'm not saying people have to do that, but you know, read the word 20, 30 minutes a day, meditate on it, listen to it. But the part I want to hit on, Ray, is James 1, but be doers of the word yeah. and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. I remember hearing a preacher years ago talk about how, look, God gave us his word, so ultimately we could live it out. And we, we get all sophisticated with it, which it's important to do in terms of studying and understanding it and exegeting scripture properly. But Ray, I love what you talk about when it comes, for example, to the Great Commission. You say some people study the word go 
so long that they never actually go. Go means go. So the importance of living out God's Word. Yeah, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And if you study the original, is it Greek? Yes, the original Greek. Go means go. Um, <laughs> the word every means every, and all means all. It's the word all is, I think, is it pass? Yes, it means all. So when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, what he actually meant in the original Greek was go into all the world and preach the gospel <laughs> to every creature. But I seriously... Yeah, what you're talking about, reading the whole, I read a whole chapter once. <laughs> you read the whole New Testament three times in yeah, three days? I, I, I got away for a personal retreat and every day I would read through the whole New I'd get up at like six so much and then I just read. It was one of the most refreshing and revolutionary seasons of my life. And for Rachel, day, because you were gone? Exactly, <laughs> she sent me there early. My wife takes uh, me to the airport one day early, Ray Comber says. But no, three days in a row, and I would, you know, and I was noting the scriptures that hit me, and then I, the next day again, the next day, and then the next three, it was a week retreat, and then the next three days, I went back and meditated on some of the verses that I had noted as I was reading. But that is a key, because I've just, I read Titus last night, 3 a.m. or something like that, and then read through to Hebrews, and suddenly you see something you didn't see before. Yeah. You see one word, you think, wow, that's got so much power to it, mm. so much depth. Mm. Or just says, for it is impossible for God to lie. Our whole faith rests on those, those three words. Yeah. Five words. It's impossible for God to lie. And so when you get revelations from that, it's not dry, it's not dusty. Right. The other thing too is, Sometimes when we read God's Word, you think, oh, is it benefiting me? But you think back all the meals you've had in your life. Right. You are what you eat. You are as you are now because of the food you ate. You may not remember what you ate, but it's, it's benefited you. And the same with God's Word. Mm. You are spiritually what you are now because you've filled yourself with God's Word. And you know, it might sound, I'm thinking about like the mom who's got four or five kids who she's homeschooling and all of her other responsibilities. And she might think to herself, 13, 14 hours, where am I ever going to have the time to, to read like that? The thing about God's Word, too, is that it's so available to us that it doesn't take hours. Right. It takes, honestly, it takes minutes. And I would encourage anybody who might think, like, where do I start? How do I get through it? Even if you picked one book, just a couple years ago, I chose to read through Romans over and over and over again yeah. for an entire year. And I had no, I wasn't like, I'm going to read through Romans every day or every week. I was just going to, every morning, I was going to sit down and I was going to read through Romans. And if that meant I read a chapter, if that meant a half a chapter or two chapters. But the benefit of something like that, pick a smaller book, pick one of the epistles like First Peter. The benefit of that is that as you read through it over and over and over again, you really start to get a better sense of the makeup of yeah. that particular book and the overall themes. You really start to familiarize yourself with the flow of the book or choose the book. If your pastor preaches through books of the Bible, choose the book that your church is going through right now and just commit yourself to reading through that as often as you can. It just takes minutes in yeah, the morning. Literally minutes. I mean, you can read any chapter of the Bible except for maybe Psalm 119 in three minutes. Right. Three minutes. Any chapter. Pick and a I'm chapter a of the Bible, reader. three minutes. Susanna yeah. Wesley had read the Bible through eight times by the time she was 12 years old. And when she got married, and she had 19 children, by the way. 19, so she obviously kept that priority in her life. So just put God first. The children are gifts of God. So you just put them in the woodshed, lock the woodshed, and read the Word. Yeah. You know, my wife, Rachel, obviously five kids, homeschooled. Did I say that? What? Is it what? what? Put the kids in the woodshed, lock the woodshed, and read the Word. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, do not take Ray Comfort's advice on this program. The police are going to show up and ask where the woodshed is at your house now. Yeah. Yes. That's where all my kids are. You know, 
Rachel, my beautiful wife, extremely busy, five children, now a grandchild that you know she delights to help with, caring for our home. My dad lives with us. She helps, she helps out with that. So much going on, but she loves God's word. Like recently she's been listening to Galatians again and again and again. I'll just hear her. She'll be you know, doing an exercise or something. She'll just be listening to the word. And I love that. Again, it's all about getting God's word in our heart. Psalm 119, 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. And then verse 11 of that same chapter, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And one of the things that I like to do as well is in reading through the New Testament, aside from the listening I do or or meditating or memorizing, so I'll go through the New Testament and I'll read a chapter I'll read it five times through in that day at different times. I'll read it a couple times in the morning, at lunch, in the evening. And then the next day, I'll read that chapter one more time and then start the next chapter five times. And then the next day, I'll do the same thing. So I'm getting the word into my heart so that it becomes a part of me so that I can naturally live it out. Something that's very interesting, if someone gets into sin, you meet someone on the street, start talking to them, and you know they're not right with the Lord. So you're reading the Bible? No, but I pray all the time. Mm. It's easy to pray to God, but reading the Word makes you feel guilty if you're in sin. Wow. It convicts you. Yeah. You know, it's, it brings light to your soul. So when someone sword. gets into sin, they're not going to open the Word, but they'll pray to the God of mm. their own imagination. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And sometimes I think, like you were alluding to, Oscar, the Old Testament is a challenge for us, I think. And there are such nuggets in the Old Testament. We have to remember that. I remember a speaker many years ago opening up the meaning of the words in Genesis chapter five. And look, we're not about stuff like that. That, that We don't need that to validate God's word. And we're not in an numeric things and all that stuff. Some people are in terms of like, well, look at this, it shows this and these numbers and that many words. And But it was fascinating. And I wonder what things we, we don't understand or recognize, but it was Genesis five and it was the, genealogy that was listed in there. And when you look up all those words, and I did because I'm like, come on, this, this sounds crazy. And whether we're missing something in it or not, or it's legit, I don't know, but it's enough to say God's word is, is deep and rich and full of things we may not even grasp. But when you take all those names and you put them together, beginning with Adam and ending with Noah, this is what it, it says when you put it all together. Man is appointed mortal sorrow but the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall bring the despairing comfort. Hmm. And I was like, wow. That's amazing. But the Old Testament is rich and we need to understand the reason why so much of the things that we find in the New Testament were put there. Romans 15, four says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Mark, speak to that, the hope that we find in God's Word. Yeah, well, if you, if you don't have Christ, you're helpless and you're hopeless, right? With Christ, He is our hope. Scripture says in Jeremiah 17 that He is our hope. Hmm. Colossians 3 says that we are hidden in Christ. So the best possible place to be is in Christ, who is our hope. And if you're not, you're hopeless and helpless. Wow, Mark. So we've all had children. And we know that a healthy baby has a healthy appetite. If your baby doesn't have an appetite, it's something quite serious. And it's the same with us in our walk with the Lord. We should have an appetite for His Word. That's a sign of someone being regenerated. Yeah. And again, I don't want our listeners to miss this because I think that a lot of times Christians will gravitate mainly toward the New Testament and not read much of the Old. But 
you have to have the foundation of the old to fully really oh, understand the new. And, and again, listen, 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 10, 5 through 11. But with most of them, this is speaking of the children of Israel in the wilderness, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual morality as some of them did. And in one day 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition right. upon whom the ends of the ages have come. That's good. Isn't that important? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and to your point, the New Testament, I would go as far as saying, will be misunderstood if it's not understood in the context of the Old Testament. Yeah. Because so often it makes reference to or it's answering longings that we discover in the Old Testament. We simply can't understand it without it. I would say one thing. Earlier I talked about the approachability of God's word in the sense that you sit down and just read it for moments. But I also talked about the issue of biblical literacy. And so I would also challenge anybody out there, both husbands and wives and students, to find time, whether it's weekly or biweekly or even once a month, to sit down and truly study God's word. Our church came up with a sort of a four-part method to try to teach biblical literacy within our church. We call it the CARE method. Because maybe some people are like, well, how do you dive deeper into God's word? How do you really get into the nitty gritty? How do I understand God's word the way my pastor understands God's word? So here's where the care method comes into play. And it's super simple. The, the first is comprehend. In order, when you sit down and read Romans or Ephesians or Galatians, the first thing you want to know is who wrote it, when was it written, to whom it was written, these kind of things, what style is written. And most study Bibles will answer all of those things right at the beginning. They'll have like an introduction, right? So comprehend, what are you reading? The second is analyze, what does the text mean? That's where, you know, Greek and Hebrew dictionaries and commentaries come into play. But it can't stop with just knowing God's word in that sense. It also moves on to reform. So CARE, C-A-R, reform. And reform, the question is, how should it change me? How does knowing this section of God's word affect who I am, whether that's my marriage, my family, my job, or the way I go about things? And finally, the last thing is enjoy. To be able to just simply sit Mm, down and meditate and pray and enjoy God's Word. So it's comprehend, analyze, reform, and enjoy God's Word. That's good. You know, Mark, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of teaching. How blessed are we to live in a day and age where you could be sitting on a nice, comfortable seat with air conditioning blowing, and you're traveling at 65 miles an hour because you would never go over the speed limit, and you're getting truth. I mean, we have we have access to all the information in the world with the click of a button. But in that, we've got Bible teachers, we've got commentaries, we've got helps of all kinds. So speak to You know, I was just, uh, I just sent a a text to Pastor Matt Shackelford, Central Church in Tennessee. If you're looking to subscribe to somebody, subscribe to his podcast. It's simply his teachings on Sunday. And he just started a seven-week study on worship. So I sent him a text and I said, that I'm so blown away by, by this teaching that he had started. It's so 
good. But it's at the push of a button. Yeah. It's at a quick scroll, right? You're, you're not inside your car. If you're in the car, you're not driving. But you can quickly click on podcast, and then there's recommendations and yeah. things of that nature. So I'm continually going through a book audibly on Audible, and then I'm going through podcasts, and I'm listening to the Word of God, and I'm calling people, right? <laughs> so that, that's my commute. Yeah. So my 35, 40-minute commute is a real blessing because I'm able to do those things. The Apostle Paul would have loved to have had those. Wow, Mark, you've never called me in you your commute. Great point. The Apostle Paul, I thought, what would, he, what would Paul say if you got him on a, a modern jet line? I was thinking a 747, how big it is and how yeah. magnificent, and look out the window, and if he'd be blown away, and I thought, no, he wouldn't. He'd been to the third heaven. <laughs> this place right. is a trash bin compared to oh, what he that's saw. that's so true. Yeah, and, you know, there are so many great tools. We have our dear, dear friends at Blue Letter Bible, and they're an amazing resource. And those are the things, friends, that can help bring God's Word alive to you. Yeah. God has given the church gifted teachers, those that can exposit God's Word and help you to understand it, and commentaries and all those sorts of things that we've we already touched on. But, but check those things out and remember what God's Word does. Elizabeth Elliott said this. She said, the Word of God I think of as a straight edge which shows up our own crookedness. We can't really tell how crooked our thinking is until we line it up with the straight edge of Scripture. Mm. And so that's what God's Word does. It constantly turns our hearts and minds back toward truth. It's the, it's the measuring stick. It's a measuring rod that we should really measure our lives against. And that's what canon means, measuring read. That's right. I was going to say that. Thank you. So Mark. let's just remember that the whole point of God's Word is it's a lamp to our feet, light to our path. It tells us how to find everlasting life through repentance and faith in Jesus. So Amen. that's why the Word is so precious. Yeah. So read it, meditate on it, share it with others, and most importantly, friends, do it and watch God use you as a light to impact the world, to be the salt and light we're called to be. We have to be infused with God's Word to do that. So we hope you've been inspired today. Again, remember the Evidence Bible. You can check it out at livingwaters.com. That's one of those tools that is full of so many uh, amazing tidbits of truth that, that will help to encourage you to, to continue to feast on God's Word. The Tidbit Bible. The Tidbit Bible. That's your next one, Ray. Oh, no, he'll have it written by this afternoon. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. The commentary written, not the Bible part. So livingwaters.com. And remember, friends, make sure to email us at podcast at livingwaters.com, podcast at livingwaters.com. Tell us what you think. Give us feedback. Tell us uh, thoughts and ideas you have for the program. And also remember, on whatever platform you're listening, make sure to uh, rate our podcast, to leave a comment, and share it with others. We want more and more people to be impacted through the truth that's being shared. God bless you. We'll see you next time here on The Way of the Master. No, what? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you here next time on The Living Waters Podcast. chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. 
Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.